you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's b o d i.com. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go. Let's go. Show up on day 1, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat 5 days a week for 3 weeks. 3 weeks? 5 workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block and you're going to love the experience. On week 4, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's b o d i .com. Are you ready to get started? Millions of victims of a system that makes men torture in prison innocent. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and sea to the far corners of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. One small step for man. One We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit. Not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. I've said he killed himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazi. Those who can hear me, I say. Do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed. The bitterness of men will fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place. A lot of people would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. 
Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom. This week we're welcoming in a guest and we're very proud that we've had a lot of repeat guests. And this is sort of in that vein, but not exactly. This is the third guest from a place. And by a place, I mean a shop. That's probably more than a shop. That's probably oversimplifying, but Voodoo Authentica in New Orleans in the French Quarter. And as you might remember, and if you don't, you should check out these shows. We've had Mambo Brandy, for on that taught us the basics of voodoo, the show cleverly entitled Voodoo Authentica. A few weeks later, we had Papa Zar, uh, Balthazar, who is a vampire on the show cleverly entitled Interview with a Vampire. And this week, we have Mademoiselle, I'm sorry, uh, Camille. I'm having trouble with French already. And she's going to teach us a bit about uh, tarot, like Pharaoh, tarot like Pharaoh. That's the numenica I tell myself. So, Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself beyond the fact that you were affiliated with Voodoo Authentica. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about yourself and, you know, your background, et cetera. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Jeff. It's great to be here. Um, and yeah, you. you've already gotten such a great start with um, Mambo Brandy and Czar. And uh, I am a reader at the shop. I read tarot cards. I do work at Voodoo Authentica, so I am a voodoo practitioner, which definitely ties in with being a, a tarot reader, but it can also its own still separate universe. Um, I, uh, I got started reading cards. I like to joke and tell people when Duran Duran posters were still on my wall in my mom and dad's <laughs> house. Um, I've always had... Wait, wait you took it down? I'm sorry? You took them down? What? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> John Taylor is still on my wall. <laughs> Listen to me. I, I am a, I, I am, I follow Heather Thomas and Heather fo Thomas follows me on, uh, you know, Twitter, which is like one of my great achievements. And I absolutely had two of her posters on my wall during high school. And I wish I'd still had those oh things. Oh my God, that's um, awesome. I love everything about that. <laughs> But, but but I don't. I don't have them anymore. I love everything it's, about it's a, that. Yeah. Uh, so I got started. Um, I got started pretty young. I've always been kind of attracted to all things esoteric, which is very interesting considering the way that I was raised. Um, I came from a very, very Christian home. Not, you know, overly religious or extreme by any stretch of the imagination. But definitely, um, <clears throat> excuse me, two people who were very firmly rooted in their Christian faith. Um, my mom's side of the family is from New Orleans, and uh, that really lends itself very, very heavily to Catholicism. And her side, practicing Catholics for many generations, um, I grew up being baptized in Catholicism, confirmed, made my first Holy Communion, yada, yada. So little did I know that that would dovetail beautifully in with voodoo, but before I digress, <laughs> um, very Catholic on mama's side. My father, Baptist, <clears throat> and he was a Baptist minister, and his father before that was a Baptist minister. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> 
Um, but what's interesting about my father, and I, I kind of maybe attribute it to the fact that he was a Gemini, is, you know, that two minds of things that Gemini's uh, wanting knowledge and intellectual pursuits. And my father was also a psychiatric social worker. And he had done work toward his doctorate, but he had degrees in psychology, uh, sociology, and theology. So while he was this definite Christian, who, and there's the meow that you guys should probably get used to hearing, a very loquacious feline. <laughs> well, what, remember what you said pre-production. I think you should repeat it for the audience. It, it what fit. kind of witch would I be if I didn't have a cat? I did, yeah, exactly. one who talks in entirely too much, but he's probably saying, you're one to talk. <laughs> Pot kettle. He wants to be interviewed too. He's, he's got, got important to things to say. And yeah, if there's time, I'll tell you a funny story about, yeah, his origin story of, of coming with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, be careful what you name your pets, but we'll get to that later. Um, yes. So yeah, dad was, you know, very much firm in his Christian beliefs but also had a very open-minded perspective about, really? Let me see if I pick him up if this will stop. Um, <laughs> very open-minded um, as far as, you know, the human mind and psychology and sociology and human interaction. So it was really cool in that, you know, I didn't have fire and brimstone and you're going to hell if you wear, you know, that crazy outfit you're wearing in 19, you know, 85 or whatever. Right. It was interesting that I was always drawn to esoteric witchy stuff. Um, you know, when I was three years old, my birthday is Christmas. So that makes it interesting for people with, you know, <laughs> international holiday to the Messiah to several million people. And hi, it's my birthday. What about me? You know? And right, yeah. uh, when I was three, I said, my mom was like, you know, make two different lists, one for your Christmas list. Let's sit down and we'll, you know, make one for your, your birthday presents. And I, I really only wanted three things. And one of them was a black cat. Here's your sign at a very young age. Um, yep. You know, growing up, you know, into my, Pre-teen years, I was very interested in um, astrology. I always wanted to read the horoscope, you know, what was in Vogue magazine or, you know, whatever magazine was out to read my horoscope. So I was always attracted to that kind of stuff. You know, the moon always captured me. And being a Catholic, now Catholics will tell you that it's, you know, monotheistic, yet a trinity, and there's no goddess worship. But if you even look at the Blessed Mother sideways, I promise you a Catholic is coming for your throat. You know? Okay. Many wars have been fought as to whether she's divine or not divine, but she's still uh, Exactly. Sacred. Exactly. So even though she is not specifically stated as a goddess, she is pretty much deified in Catholicism. Right. I think the difference is whether or not she's actually sanctified or whether she's just shrine worthy, <laughs> which, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and many, many, many a shrine has been built. Um, Indeed. So I, I kind of always, it was very interesting and it wouldn't come, uh, you know, it wouldn't really come to my awareness until much later on in my life that there was already this fertile ground of the divine feminine being 
honored and acknowledged. So, you know, tarot cards, that just seemed like the coolest thing like ever. And I was always one who was very prone to lucid dreamings. I had had a few prophetic dreams as a kid, um, a lot of deja vu as a child. I even had a vision of the Blessed Mother once when I was seven years old, where I, and she actually came to me. So weird stuff, so to say, just kind of was like part of my norm. Um, my yeah. parents, my grandparents on my father's side, they had migrated from Georgia in the 1920s and then went to Pittsburgh. And they had a... Georgia, like Soviet Georgia, oh, no, no, or no. Georgia, this, like Georgia here, couple states Georgia, over. a couple states over of, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 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 Georgia, the one right next to Florida, <laughs> right, like the Caspian Steppe, right? you know, the, the Pontic Steppe, or uh... <laughs> no, great question, no peaches and uh, yeah, <laughs> things and stuff that go Atlanta, Emory, Stone Mountain, exactly, Atlanta, I, Emory. Of course, I throw Emory in there because I went oh, there. No, no one else would name brilliant Emory. <laughs> dental school, excellent education, fine education at Emory. Um, mm -hmm. And it's funny that yeah, they so they moved from the state of Georgia in the United States of America up to Pennsylvania, and they had a three four story, including the basement, Victorian house, and. You would enter, it was on a steep, steep hill, and you would enter in from what would essentially be the second floor of the house. Well, we would be downstairs in the kitchen, third floor, and we'd all be gathered around for dinner or breakfast or whatever, and we would hear the footsteps. And somebody would say, oh, well, there's Dr. Ricketts. The person who owned the home prior to my grandparents, you can't make this up, like, <laughs> Dr. Ricketts. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right, and you would hear footsteps so all as a child I grew up hearing this now people would you know our, the family would crack jokes about this but as a three year old it made perfect sense oh of course the ghost is walking upstairs huh. there was also another there were several presences you would feel in the house so I kind of grew up perceiving things on my own hearing things you know that kind of were of the supernatural, let's just say. So it kind of lended to some things I think that were kind of already baked in the cake of who I am as a person when my soul came here. And then enter tarot cards. Um, it was just so fascinating. Wait, so you can get information, you can communicate, you can communicate with other spirits, you can do self-actualization through 78 plastic cardboards, you know, get out of here. So that kind of always, you know, was so fascinating to me. And I was, I guess I was 19 when I got my first deck of tarot cards. And one thing that people, a lot of times, if they're interested in tarot as new readers will say, oh, well, does someone have to gift you? your cards. And that is, no, that is, that's, that's, I guess an old wives tale, we'll call it. Um, I bought my deck of tarot cards at the least possible esoteric establishment. I bought it at the Borders Bookstore in Cleveland, Ohio. Nothing wrong with that. You know, Nothing wrong with that absolutely. I think I bought mine at a Dungeons and Dragons store when there were Dungeons and Dragons. That's stores. still cooler than saying the 
you know, generic mass market bookstore in Cleveland, Ohio. But that's right. Maybe it is now. When you're 15 and you were playing Dungeons and Dragons, you were distinctively not cool. <laughs> you know, isn't life funny now? Because look how it is all rage with cool kids now after Stranger Things. Um, you know, but... Um, it's my time yes, now. exactly. Exactly. If it wasn't for the arthritis and, and obesity, <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd be rocking it now. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'd say if we're Gen Xers and we've made it this far, if anybody who's made it on the other side of 2020 period, I'm calling it a win for all of us. I'm with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't argue with witches. That's a rule. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? But uh, I don't care. <laughs> so that's where I got my first deck of tarot cards. And then I had my um, first actual reading. I started looking up and getting books there and, at that time, there were not a lot of things to choose from, but I, you know, I got a deck there. And what's hilarious is I still have a different copy, but that same deck sitting in front of me right at this moment. Um, and I got that deck wow. and I started trying to do readings and reading books and trying to figure out on my own. And then I actually had my first reading. And um, a dear friend of mine, and we are still extremely close friends to this day, she used to go and get tarot readings regularly. This is back in Pittsburgh. And we went, and I will never forget the woman, you know, she threw down cards, and I hadn't given her any information at that time. And she said, sweetie, I don't know what it is that you're planning on doing, but I highly suggest you keep your suitcases packed and get your passport ready because you will be traveling nonstop. I had not told her that I had applied to three or four different airlines. And within about a year after that reading, I did get on with U.S. Airways and I was a flight attendant. So I absolutely, you know, and that just solidified like my ongoing love affair with reading, reading tarot cards. Yeah. Now someone's saying you're going to travel a lot. That's pretty generic. Or you want to travel a lot, so it's pretty generic. You're saying that you need to get your suitcases packed and your passport ready is more. That's another Yes, level. and she, I remember the cards. I don't remember any of the cards except for two specific ones. And those cards show up for me now when someone's going to be doing international travel. And it was um, the Wheel of Fortune. It's a wheel. Things going in your favor, depending upon what else is around and with the other cards surrounding it and the context, but also the world card. So it's constant motion and moving forward around the world, the globe. Yeah. So um, it was that, that just had such a massive impact on me. And I think also because the reader I went to was, there were other things that I know came through as well as because my girlfriend had gone to this person several times before. So she was really well-versed in going to tarot and to have you know her cards read and had consistent results with this person but this being my first out the gate it was like whoa socks knocked off i am in in for a penny and for a pound let's do this and that was kind of the the birth of something that is still the love affair that is still committed relationship <laughs> outlasts in any of the other ones and with humans um, <laughs> um yeah, still to this day is still reading cards, and I love it. 
That's great. That's a terrific origin story. But it, it sort of sounds like you were born into it, that if you weren't going to be reading cards, you'd be doing something in the spiritual uh, arena anyway. But th- th- this is great. So I, I guess it's probably a good time to get into like sort of the basics of Tarot. And I have like a, a really silly question. I feel like I know the answer already because there's so many decks out there. And I mean, these days everything's commercialized. So, you know, even when I was 15, which was uh, probably 1984, 1985, you know, they were commercialized. They were, I remember deciding which pack of cards to get with different images on the back. I'm sure there's superhero ones now in Pokemon. And, and does the image on the back end of the card make any difference? Does that have any impact on the front end of the card, which the images, I'm sure the art is different, but are basically universal. Um, it, yes, it, it really it really can have a, a profound difference at times. If you're looking at something that is a true like tarot deck, because there's all kinds of, there's Oracle and other kinds of systems. If you're looking at a true tarot deck in its truest essence, it's going to have 78 cards. Now, there are three systems within the structure of tarot. There is the Marseille system. There is the um, Bach system, which Crowley, you know, not, not, a, not a great human being, but still came up with some revolutionary concepts and, and did contribute in some positive ways, specifically with the world of tarot. And then there is the Rider Waite system, Rider Waite Smith, excuse me, system. And that's a system that I read from. All three of those systems are going to have 78 cards. Now, within those systems, um, Marseille tends to have very specific artwork that you're going to see. The thought system, there might be different artists' interpretations, but it's still structured the same. And then with Rider Waite Smith, it's probably... And I'm sure it's the most popular, widely repeated system where there's different artwork, but you're still going to have zero to 22 as the major arcana, major archetypes. Then you're going to have ace through 10. Then with the four suits within that ace through 10. And then you're going to have um, the face cards, page, knight, queen, king. Sometimes those can come under different names, but it's just a matter of semantics. And then you will have, um, oh yeah, that's it, major, minor, and face cards. So the different interpretations, though, through the artwork give you can give you a different nuance of how the information can be conveyed to a person. Does that make sense? It does. And let me ask you a question. I'm doing a little bit of math. So you said 78, 22 are the major arcana, then that would leave 56. So is a regular playing card deck, the 52 cards plus four jokers, just minus the 22 arcana? It's very similar. The only difference would be that in a regular pack of playing cards, you don't have the pages. It goes ace through 10, jack, queen, king. Whereas with the tarot, it's ace through 10, page, jack, queen, then king. Which came first? So which came first, the the tarot or regular playing cards? The game, the board game, well, not board game, the game Tarachi. A lot of people believe that cards actually initiated in ancient Egypt. I'm still doing research on this. I'm kind of leaning towards 
that probably makes a heck of a lot of sense of some system of card reading, uh, divination specifically through card reading type of style. And then in Italy, in I believe it was in the 1600s, don't quote me on that, um, the game Tarachi where they were playing cards with a system very similar to what we now know as our standard playing deck of cards, which did have a full card, you know, the jokers, which would be the fool. So tarot came first, almost certainly, mm-hmm. probably by a large, large yes. measure. And tarot, which is, sounds like a French word and probably is, is not the original. So this was, this was not a French creation, just just the word stuck. No, the word stuck, and it's a derivative of that Torachi, which was an Italian game. Um, but different courts were, you know, politics and this, you know, though you're French, you might, you know, have a cousin who's on the throne in Spain or, you know, Italy or whatever. So I think a lot of it was migration and travel and then just the derivative of the word Torachi, where they kind of came up with tarot as the word but it's its own specific card reading system. Who are the 22 or what are the 22 major arcana? So the 22 arcana, they're archetypes. Now, different readers will have a slightly different opinion about how I'm going to describe it. For me, the major arcana come up as more major life lessons, major themes, because they're their archetypes. So for me as a reader, when any of those cards come up, the rest of the tone of the reading can kind of, people will say, wait, are you talking about this? This is kind of shining, you know, this is resonating very clearly as this specific topic, but it sounds like something else. And my answer is yes, because with those, they're very broad sweeping. So you've got, for example, it starts, it doesn't even start with number one, it starts with zero. The Mm -hmm. fool, which is directly pulled a nod to the joker. Um, So it's ground zero, it's a fresh start. And then the theory is that it's kind of almost like Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, starting Mm -hmm. as the fool with this pure innocence of off on this new adventure, don't get caught up in the destination. You may have a destination that you have in mind, but be present in the moment of exploring the journey. It's a fresh uh, new start. It's, it's ground zero. It's innocence. It's joy. It's um, unencumbered by anything from the past. It's also, on the flip side of the meaning of the card, would be what lessons have you learned in the past that you need to keep with you without holding any unnecessary baggage? Where are you too naive? Where are you too immature? Those kinds of things. So a lot of meaning can come up within one card. And then the fool's journey all the way through to the last card being the world card. The full culmination of this long journey, different experiences, some pleasurable, some not so pleasurable, but that's life. Full circle with the world, Major Arcana 21, to then restart. So I tell people, don't think of it as just like a circle going round and round, because if that is, that's the definition of insanity. But it's a concentric circle where, and now we're back to zero of the fool. So it's constant human evolution and growth, you know. Luke Skywalker. It's like the golden golden ratio. Yes. You will fail. 
So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest. Go on vacation. Or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You in? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Are you ready to get started? So, okay. So every, everything's math and everything's astrology as well. But, yes. And so, that definitely you know, pulls in with tarot, math and astrology. I mean, it's not astrology. Now, most everything I know about tarot, which makes me an expert, is, of course, from James Bond, Live and Let Die, where, um, <laughs> where uh, Jane Seymour yes. with, you know, two different color eyes, yes. you know, and everything is... The, the, chair, lovers. Really the lovers, yeah, and of course the yeah. devil and the death card. Right. <laughs> right, every 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 show of impact has to show the lovers and death. Yes. So, so, uh, but my understanding is that death doesn't necessarily mean death, and the lovers doesn't necessarily mean Absolutely. lovers, and and the order of the cards and whether they're horizontal or vertical when where they're placed. I mean, it's all, it, this is going to sound horribly. It, ignorant but it's like when they're placed there's is an order that they go in and it's it's almost like hopscotch but in two directions it's like you're building it's almost like you're you're building a shape i wish i could i wish i was better with geometry um what's crazy but, uh, is the way that you're describing it is how mm-hmm. i read which most times if i have another reader sat before me at, at, at the table where i have to tell them don't look for, don't look for, like you're saying, the kind of the hopscotch. That's actually a specific phrase that I use, word that I use. Most readers are taught there's a position. There is for a position and you place each card individually in a certain position. And depending upon where that position is and what card falls in there is how you read um, the narrative that flows through. So there's going to be present the kitty corner card uh, and, and there's a Celtic cross, which is a very, it's probably the most common of all tarot spreads. So it's 10 card spread. You lay down the first card and most people read that as either the significator and you pull a card that represents the individual. 
or you just start with this is where we are this is where things are beginning of this this story we're going to tell then the kitty corner card what influence is either positive or negative below the foundation of things that's going on the card to the left things in your past the card above what's present or weighing on your mind right now the card in the future near future and so on and so so, so forth and even within that rigid structure there's still people who differ opinion about you know does the the bottom card uh, underneath the significator card well does that mean um, what's keeping you grounded or does that mean something that's supporting you or the different people have different interpretations me i throw down cards because i read with a, i have a lot of spirits that work through me and assist me in my readings so while i'm shuffling and i just throw down cards so it's never going to be the same amount of cards i don't throw them down in positions and i literally to use your phrase your word i hopscotch from i tell people give me a second and i kind of tune in to get like a pre-read so to say a scan and i kind of say okay what's what am i looking at here what's showing up what's present you know, what's in front of me that I'm, I'm scanning, but also noticing, okay, so what's not here? Because a lot of times the cards that don't show up are very, very telling and give a very specific and important additional information that can add, add much more meaning and depth to the reading. So I don't really read in positions like normal people. <laughs> That's fair enough. I think I'm going to call this show This Fool's Journey Tarot. Um, but anyway, so I, in the in my little question uh, or big question, I sort of interrupted my own question, which you were answering, which started with the fool in position zero and ended with twenty one being the world. I guess we identified two others, which are the, the death and the lovers, but not really what they are. But I can get into that, that if you that, want the death and the lovers card. What they? Because that's in a great the, in question. whatever order you want. I mean, I mean, you can go two and 20 and then three and 19 or whatever order you would like to get it. I'm just trying to understand our arcana and, and you know, what, what they, I, I, I think everybody heard what you said that, that the, the actual interpretation of the cards is very much influenced by a lot of things, you know, but noteworthy is the order of the other cards and how they're positioned and maybe other things as well. But I think the, the cards at least have some general over our, over our chain sort of, you know, explanation or definition as to what they generally yeah, mean. So if we're just going to do like a, you know, because again, it's, it gets so deep and so many nuances. Um, but yeah, so zero is the fool. Here we are at the beginning of something. Um, again, don't get caught up in the outcome, even though you might have a specific destination that you're working toward. It's being unencumbered by the past. Um, it pulls on, you know, innocence, naivete. And then there's the magician, number one. It has a lot to do with um, clarity, focus. We hear this phrase a lot, uh, manifestation. That's a perfect mm -hmm. word to apply to the magician card. It's about clarity of mind and mental focus in order to see what resources you have at your disposal so that you can actualize something. He's the alchemist. <clears throat> so much more Joseph Campbell right now, but I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. If you know, you know. If you don't, read or buy on Audible, Joseph Campbell's yes. Hero with a Thousand Pieces. Yes, yes. Um, also, Carl Jung was a an avid tarot reader, an avid tarotist. He yes. um, 
was very, very much in, 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 into tarot. So the second card is the high priestess. The high priestess is, she's liminal space. She's betwixt in between worlds. High priestess is very, um, has to do with intuition, the dreamscape, the unknown. Like a great way to understand the high priestess. Have you ever seen that FedEx? That it's like they show when you see the FedEx logo. There's purple and orange FedEx. In mm-hmm. between there is a large, massive white arrow. Right. Right. Which once you see, you can't once unsee you it, but you see, haven't exactly. seen it. The high priestess is the first thousand times you've seen it, you didn't notice Exactly. It. And that's the high priestess. She's that noticing what is not obvious to most people, but you have to be, it's a card very much of pausing and in stillness with the specific intention of noticing and having it rise up to the surface of what's less obvious. A lot of times the high priestess will come up for me with guys who've done special ops stuff. High priestess, knight of swords. Oh, I know that's in the, you know, high priestess, knight of swords, emperor, that combo. Any of those are going to be like, yeah, that's the, I could ask you, but you'd have to kill me if you told me. And I, that just actually happened a couple of days ago with never kill a veteran. Witch. It's, bad, <laughs> it's bad karma. Bad, bad, bad karma. So number three yeah. is the Empress. She has to do with more things that are maternal, matriarchy, matriarchal line, creativity, whether that's creating a human baby person or creating, you know, the best homemade red beans and rice. But she's creation. Um, nurturing. She also, on the other side of her, has to do with setting healthy boundaries so you're not being drained too much. The next is the emperor, Roman normal four, and the emperor is more patriarchy, fatherhood, paternal things, more alpha male. He has a lot of Aries energy, so very vivacious, dynamic, bold, assertive. Um, you know, in his not so good side, then he's overly demanding. Um, in his positive, he's commanding respect. In his negative aspect, he is demanding and extremely hot-tempered. Card number five, the Hierophant. Hierophant has the Pope on it. The Hierophant has to do with very rigid structures, dogma, hence the, the, the Pope. <laughs> has to do with chain of command, hierarchy. So sometimes that can be come up as someone who is deeply religious. Sometimes that can come up with something that has to do with the corporate structure. Again, hierarchy and uh, that chain of command. Some people read that as faith. For me, not so much. High Priestess is going to be more, one of the cards more of faith, but that's because I'm more spiritual into esoteric things than dogmatic religion, even though a lot of my foundational things pulls on that firm Catholic upbringing, Christian upbringing. Um, sort of institutional establishment power. Yes, yes. Number six, the lovers that you mentioned. The lovers is so much more broad than what the word is. Um, the lovers is, now if you're reading for someone and they're specifically asking, hey, I'm getting engaged what do I need to know in order to make my relationship, you know, more successful? Or how can I show up? You know, if you're looking at that, then that's, it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, a cigar is just a cigar. But the, 
broader context of what the lovers is talking about is partnerships. It's ruled by Gemini. So it has to do with partnerships where head and heart, it has to do with um, communication between two. It's long-term commitment that we need to think through very clearly while blending emotion and practicality. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that could be the partnership at a new job. That could be a partner that you work with. The seventh card, what are we on? Seven is the chariot. Chariot has to do with willpower, personal will. It has to do with um, navigating through things, even when you don't see. It's kind of a pull similarity of to the fool. If I don't know exactly where the destination may be, but it's I can't get off. What is the course? What is the track? How do I stay the course? and not get sidetracked. Or if I have been sidetracked, how do I redirect and get back on the proper path for me? Card number eight is strength. Now, some decks represent eight and 11, they flip-flop. Some say that eight is strength. Some say that eight is um, justice. For me as a reader, I don't care what deck I'm using. It makes more sense and it just rings true for me that Card number eight is the strength card. It's usually the one that's pictured with a woman with a lion and her hand right at the lion's mouth. It has a lot to do with being very, knowing when to tame the beast and when to let the beast loose. It has a... That's a very Egyptian um, image. Yes, Sekhmet. Uh, it pulls on very, like the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet, specifically that energy as that divine feminine energy of you know mess around and find out kind of a thing but knowing when to harness right. he, he, yeah his his like his like angry avatar was like either a woman with a lion or, or like a woman who turned into like a lion like a wear lion or yes so it's very much um that card of knowing your own power knowing when to be assertive aggressive sometimes that is very appropriate to be it's also very um knowing when to to to, like cool your jets it also for me has a lot to do with courage and vulnerability and Brene Brown is a very very fascinating lady with a lot of letters behind her name who does specific counseling with uh, the VA and combat veterans and as she says there is no you cannot be courageous without vulnerability. So it's finding that balance in between. And strength sometimes has to come in a different way as opposed to what we think of as that assertive, you know, outward assertive um, demonstrative action. I have, a, I have a question back to the, uh, what was it, the title, Hierumphant? Hierumphant? It had mm-hmm. to do, yes, about the, the Pope. Now, is this specific to the Pope head of the Catholic church or is it any head of any sort of strict religious caste? And I'm, I'm, and I'm asking this for a reason. Generally in my head, I'm trying to roll around and figure out when this, this form of, of interpretation originates. So we have a chariot. So we know it was after the Scythian, the Scythians invented the chariot. Um, you know, we have a symbol that I'm interpreting as Egyptian, maybe not, but you know, at least influenced by it. So post, you know, that, that sort of, being known in, in, you know, the 
you know, the greater world. But if it's the Pope, if it really is specific to the Pope as, a, as opposed to just a high priest, not to d- diminish that, but in this context, there'd have to be a Pope and the Pope would have to be, you know, the, the demonstrable head of the biggest church, which probably didn't happen until, you know, somewhere between the, the first or second century, um, you know, common era. With the Pope does not, the Hierophant card does not have to stand for the Pope. If you look at the image okay. on a standard Rider Waite Smith deck, it is going to be an image of there he is with Looks his like- big pointy hat and two cardinals or two people bent down in supplication and he is holding two keys that are crisscrossed, meaning he is how you get to solutions. He is the one who opens up or gives you access with regard to power structures. So we can represent, you know, a CEO or a larger corporation, the entity itself, not just the person who is the head of it. But is the image itself distinctly Christian yes. or could it be any... It, okay. so it, it's, it's, it's represented, it looks very Christian, specifically Catholic when you look at the image, but it does not have to be. It could be, you know. No, I, I understand the, I think you did a great job on, on representing with the, what the card could represent. Again, I'm, I, 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 you're telling, you're actually answering my original question. I've just been rolling around this separate exercise, which maybe or maybe not we'll get to and, you know, may not even matter. But uh, I'm just trying to figure out sort of like when this came about or at least when it didn't come about. And if it is, if the images are purposely distinctly Christian, even though the card itself can represent any sort of power structure, any sort of establishment, uh, we, we know that it's at least, you know, a, a century or more past the, you know, the, the you know, the, well, your birthday, <laughs> the, the birth of Christ. Yes. Exactly. Which there's debate on that. He reads much more like a Pisces than a Capricorn. But I digress. No, I no, understand that's real, probably really. But but we need not go down. We, I'm we have, sure we you are well more, more, more well versed about uh, the details on, on all of that. That's yeah, something that I would probably like to pick your brain about. Well, I would say my knowledge of most things is sort of like somewhere between kiddie pool but where you can comfortably stand and walk. I fear I feel you are, are being very modest right now. But yeah, so the the Hierophant, it can be, yes, literal church, the Catholic church. Sometimes it does show up, oh, somebody's getting married. Um, Sometimes it shows up, oh, you work for a major corporation or you are somehow in the corporate structure. Um, Oh, you work specifically in a hospital, depending upon what other cards are around. But because again, it's that there is a chain of command, there is bureaucracy, there is, you know, who's the one in charge making decisions that other people really might not agree with because they're like, we're boots on the ground, we know the real deal, but fine, you're the, you know, the top pencil pusher. So so that kind of is, is that Hierophant card. And again, you know, it, it, it's when you, it, it's so much more dynamic because it's how the whole story is put together based on the rest of the cards that are around that card and for people who read reversals which i don't then that you know is a whole nother kevla fish right i I understand i'm putting the hooded figure on there and and saying it's got to be obi-wan kenobi right where it could be like gandalf merlin or or, you know got a card for all three of them got a card for all three of them which may call us back to questions you might have around the hierophant but we're about to nice. get to actually we he is next up. So the next the ninth card is called the Hermit card. 
and that's the old Led Zeppelin album with is it House of the <laughs> Holy? Maybe I don't know. And he stood there with like the gray hood, like Gandalf the Gray, holding a lantern with a star in it on a mountain. Houses of the Holy has the people sort of look like cavemen, sort of strewn about on a, like a rock side. Was there a hermit in the background there? No, this one is specifically like they literally the the cover is literally the quintessential traditional Rider Waite Smith depiction of the hermit card, which is Roman numeral nine. So again, it's, it's someone who's a man who stood there with a very Obi-Wan Kenobi Gandalf the Grey hooded figure with a cloak with a hood on, holding a lantern in. Well, we know it wasn't physical graffiti. We know it wasn't Coda. We know it wasn't four. It probably wasn't one. So it's probably two, three, or a song remains the same. Ah, like now, wow, you are bringing me back to... High school when I first got introduced to to, to Led Zeppelin. Listen, we'll have to look. I'm 54. Up. I'm not asking you my age, but we're both Generation yes. X. So this 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 is our yes. Year. It is. It is. It is uh, one of those albums. But the higher the, the Hermit is about withdrawing in order for deeper analysis and reflection that definitely has ties to spirituality. So if we go back to the cards we've covered, the high priestess, the hierophant, and the hermit, there's definitely some dovetailing and overlapping that comes with the three of them. But not the magician? And the magician, I definitely would not argue that. And the magician, and the magician. Um, I would say, because, yeah, he's, you know, the ceremonial magician, which they are definitely an, an, an interesting, interesting breed of, of folks. Um, ceremonial magician, like the magician card, is much more rigid in structure, people who that's their belief system and what they practice. But they all could mm. show up as religious figures, religious slash spiritual leaders spiritual. and figures. Right. Um, the hermit is again, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the person who gives you guidance but can't give you all the answers even though they have a lot more of them than they're sharing with you. But remember, you're the fool on the journey. One day you will... If so you- he's Gandalf, he comes back and forth, but he's not your personal Orisha. That might be that might be more the magician, but, but less If helpful. we were going to slide into Orisha... If you're looking at Orisha, for me as a reader, the hermit is Obatala. Obatala, just like on the hermit card, if you look at the very bottom of the the picture, he is standing at the top of a snowy mountain. Misty mountain hop. But he's standing at the top of a snowy, cold mountain. Obatala is representative. He is the personification of knowledge, wisdom, clear-headedness, mountains, and snow is 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 what he is. So if we're going to look at a nod to the Orisha, then Obatala would be that. The, you should do an entire show. You should do like a YouTube show. I'm volunteering on imagery and uh, of from tarot cards and 
like seventies and eighties rock songs. Cause I'm like the man on the silver mountain. I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, okay. going, I'm like thinking Dio, Zeppelin. I'm, I'm going, grooving I, on know. this. I am. Wow. I already got Dio in my head. Wait, I am, wait till we get to Eddie the Beast. My goodness. Hey. All right. I am totally, you have just opened a whole, thank you. That's awesome. You're going to be rich. I That's tell you it's rich. gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> I, I can make other people very successful. For myself, I can't do a goddamn thing. But <laughs> that is freaking awesome, man! Like, wow. Maybe, yeah. Let's let's talk further about that because that's that's. I'm telling you, you're better off on your um, own. Once I give you the idea, it's gold. If I'm involved, it'll it'll like turn to middling or worse. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Yeah, my 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 little ADD brain is already down several rabbit holes of. Uh, whew, I'm loving that. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the hermit card is needing to, and sometimes the hermit people will show up. They tend to be very, if that's a card that represents the individual, they are more mature. So it might not be their chronological age because he stood there with a gray beard and mustache. Uh, he, he doesn't have to be, he can definitely be an elder, but it's someone who they might be you know, seven years old, but they come across like a grandma or grandpa, this, you know, old soul. So it's, it's, but it's needing to remove distractions in order to find the guidance that you need, which could be within, or it could be a more mature person outside of you. Number 10 is the wheel of fortune, which is an interesting name. It's yep. sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. It's rolling with the punches a lot of times. What does wheel of fortune, good luck? Well, what the heck does, you know, sometimes luck, like lady luck can be fickle. So it's learning to navigate and to roll with the punches and to move through things. But sometimes back to the initial example I gave of what I experienced with my, you know, reading as a young girl, the wheel can literally mean change, movement, motion forward lack of stagnation, or if it's negatively aspected, too stagnant, things not going in your favor, but how do you learn to roll with the punches? Now that card number 11, like I said, eight and 11, some decks flip-flop with that. Um, Does the wheel only move in one direction? Okay. Nope. That's why it's like, is the wheel, you know, which direction is it going? And then again, what mm-hmm. cards around it will help you to understand. And what is your relationship to luck? You know, what do you, yeah, that's Some a questions. whole bunch of rabbit holes that can be opened up with that. But it's. Yeah. Well, I'm going to open another rabbit hole, which probably has nothing to do with anything. But we know that, you know, clockwise is different. You know, in the, in the Southern Hemisphere, it's counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. You know, swirls in the Northern Hemisphere, it's clockwise. Does the the reading of the Wheel of Fortune card, is it different in the Southern Hemisphere than the Northern Hemisphere? Do they sort of reverse interpretations or no? To the best of my understanding, um, any of the people that I follow who are from Australia, it's not so much on the hemisphere. The hemisphere would be which way for people who read reversals, is it up or is it down? Is it right side up or is it reverse? I don't read reversals in my readings. I let the rest of the cards show me how a card is aspected. Is it the upside or the downside of it you will fail so what everybody does but your gym your watch your yoga pants they pretend you won't so when you miss a day eat the pancakes give up on a workout you failed seriously what the hell we're body 
We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. It's time to redefine success. Meet Body. Fun workouts and a week off. Healthy eating and indulgence. Liking yourself no matter what. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. You know, we, we, we just started something that where we could change the interpretation based on the hemispheres and start a, like a whole like subsect of reading tarot. I'm going to have to think about that with whether you're on we, this we can be in the or book. the other, other one. I'm still down the rabbit hole of um, relating it to music and rock cards. I actually have a, a little dictionary, a little glossary that I have of, because I hear things. I'm more auditory. I hear more than I see uh, visions when I'm doing uh, readings or esoteric things. So I have my own little glossary of songs and what card is represented, but just you kind of opened up a whole different way of looking at that. You've been preparing this your entire I've been, time. I've yeah, you, you been have... for this my whole life. <laughs> rock, rock and roll tarot. That's what I mean. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. So card number 11 is the Justice card. It's literally in a standard traditional deck. You're going to see Lady Justice, you know, seated there um, with scales in one hand and a sword in the other hand. It is tied to Libra, which for me is why 11, Lady Justice, it just kind of makes more sense for me as a reader, as opposed to, like I said, some people flip-flop strength and justice. But Justice card has to do with, sometimes, a lot of times it's very specific and it is what it is. Legal stuff, legal situations. It also, when you drop back a little more broad, it's where do I need to step back and ask perhaps some very maybe unpleasant questions, but things mm-hmm. that need to be, you know, discovery. Where is there more than one side of the issue that needs to also be explored? Um, how can I step back and have as much of a logical, detached perspective in a situation without judgment, which is very hard to do. So sometimes my advice to people is, that's not easy to do for yourself. Who is the person who is like in your life who is like, I love you, but it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. Let's just, you know, look at this practically. Um, Some people pull karma into that. Another nod to Egyptian mythos with uh, the goddess Ma'at who weighs your heart against a feather and your heart better be lighter than that feather or you're not in good standing. So, you know, Again, though, just very practical, logical. Sometimes it comes up as legal paperwork. Again, just looking at the justice system. You know, other cards on the table. Oh, yeah, dude, you're going to jail for that one. Justice, ten of, you know, eight of swords, 
ten of wands, like you're going down, buddy. Um, card number twelve, the hanged man. <clears throat> the hanged man Happy. card has person who is upside down with one ankle tied gallows pole by yes so you know if you've got that in with say the justice card like i hope you have a very good attorney and get right (laughs) with the god of your understanding because it's not looking good for you friend um the hanged one though is about and some people now call it the hanged one is about needing to pause to gain a different perspective you're in an awkward position that's not sustainable long term or perhaps maybe yeah. putting yourself in an awkward position. You know, enlightenment cannot come without discomfort. That's why the hanged man has this bright corona around his head of, aha, oh, shit, I get it now. I'm in this awkward position. I've been kind of, you know, either forced or by choice, looking at things from a different perspective that gives me a whole new way of looking at things like, okay. It's a nod to Christianity sometimes, especially if someone has, say, back to our boy, the hierophant there, if someone I know has a deeply steeped Christian faith, getting in touch with Christ. If you are from the Norse, if you're, you know, associated with Norse mythology, and sometimes, you know, they, more often than not, different gods and goddesses from different belief systems call you more than you calling them. But it's a nod to Odin, who hung upside down from the tree of Yggdrasil. And just when he was so, it's a big, big, big nod to surrender. Sometimes, depending upon what other cards are coming up, somebody needs to go to a meeting. Somebody needs to visit their local NAAA and, you know, look at the big book. Um, It also can be birth. He's upside down and he's got a crown at his head, the corona crowning position for birth so again depending upon what cards it can be a nod to someone who's pregnant or the birth of their children the next card is card 13 death the one that yes as you mentioned live and let die which actually there's a scene from live and let die that was shot in front of it authentica <laughs> the jazz funeral it was shot directly right down Dumain street um I, I tell people voodoo authentica it's the it's the real deal so if you're in oh, new yeah. Orleans, go to voodoo authentica check it out so many television shows retreat, yeah rent the place out, bring like 80 people there <laughs> pay them and tip them <laughs> yes and yes please um the, you know a lot of television shows uh that and movies in in current day have, have been filmed there vampire diaries uh originals a lot of stuff that gets filmed in there but um, death card, it is metaphorical death. Now, I'm not going to say it can't mean mortality. That's a right. big thing that I leave for people. I am not your mama. I am not your guru. I am, you do whatever you want to do. Just know that, you know, actions do have consequences. I do not predict death. No one knows that. How many people have made a miraculous recovery? How many people do I have, and one person in particular that I know who had a very, very unkind physician say, oh yeah, you're not going to recover from this. And bam, they took a bobsled to the grave in record time. There you've got, you know, yeah, you've got about, you know, 
six months left, in two months they were dead. Be very, very cautious when you use the cards and how you deliver information to people. And this card is one of the biggest cautionary tales, if not the biggest cautionary tale. You have a responsibility, in my opinion, as a reader to behave with common sense and a sense of moral code and ethics. So the death card is about massive change that may feel like a death. You know, if you, for example, when I stopped being a flight attendant, it was not by choice. It was because of a bad accident. And that was a massive death that I grieved the loss of. And back to your friend there, the Hierophant, if you look at the death card in a traditional Rider-Waite-Smith deck, you're going to see, you know, behold a pale horse riding in on the white horse in his suit of armor with a skull, but he's this huge figure in contrast to the bodies on the ground. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and then your friend, the Hierophant, is there. For all of his position and power and wealth, and, you know, command and control, death does what it wants. Change will come and sometimes there's nothing regardless of how much stature and power you have. Some changes are beyond our control. So death card for me is about, metaphorically speaking, what things are beyond my control and where do I need to have acceptance, but also have grace of the mourning period that can come with massive change, but on the other side of death is new life. But when you're going through experiencing the death, again, be it metaphorical or a loved one who's passed or a pet, you know, nobody wants to hear that crap of, oh, they're in a better place now. You know what? Shut up. I'm, I'm kind of going through a little bit of hell over here. The Grim Reaper, you know, still, you know, walking through. So after the death card, card number 13 comes card number 14, temperance, balance. Now that literally has an angel standing there holding two goblets and there's water flowing. And some people say instead of flowing with gravity, she's actually defying gravity. And it's actually flowing from the downward hand to the upward cup in the hand. It has to do with balance, tempering, now, you know, if you're tempering, if you're cooking and you're tempering something that's cold, that's going into something hot, you have to slowly in, in, in slow incremental stages so that now you have a third thing that's better or different. I shouldn't even say better. It's different. But if not, it will blow up. It will curdle. It will go bad. It's also not always fun. Sometimes tempering, you know, steel, if you ask the steel, it's not a fun way that it, you know, was tempered to become uh, steel. It also is my bartender card. Shows up sometimes it's literally people who are bartenders. Um, it depends upon what other cards are around. It could be a, maybe you should not be hanging out with the bartender. Temperance movement, temper, well, balance. Things are about to go sideways. It's a heads up. Then after temperance is, oh, what are we on? 13, 14, 15, the devil, Ronnie James Dio. The devil card is, so we told you to temper your actions. We told you, you might want to, here's a heads up with the death card. Things are about to go maybe in an unpleasant way. Now we are at card number 15, the devil. 
things are really extremely out of balance. Your priorities are in the wrong place. Things are really unhealthy and toxic. This gets into codependency. This gets into addiction and addiction can come in whatever form. You know, uh, obviously, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction, but sex addiction, shopping addiction, addicted to another person. It's this, you know, what are you bound to that's really bad? But this is also why I tell people, don't look at cards as just good or bad. Every card has potential to be good. I have seen the devil card show up for professional dominatrix more than once. Mm -hmm. It's literally two people there with a, a figure who is commanding and there are chains around the people, but the chains are loosely bound. So if they wanted to take those chains off, they could. So if I've got really other cards that are really positively aspected, I can see where, oh, this is a power dynamic that people have discussed and that's their jam and that's how they roll. It could be um, also in a positive aspect, you're human. Shit, live a little, have the pork chop, have the drink, you know, enjoy the carnal desires, but it is a very cautionary tale before it commands you and takes control of you in a way that you may start lying to yourself, you know, desires. Hmm? Don't forget the temperance card. Don't forget the temperance card. Exactly. So now we're on to card number, what are we at? 16. 16, the tower. You didn't listen. Now the shit has hit the fan. (laughs) It is a tower that is blowing up and exploding with people hurling to their downfall. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at Body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And now a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive. Well, today you can expect lots of cloud cover with 0% chance of raining on your parade because you'll be riding your motorcycle vroom vroom. That rumbling low-pressure system beneath you should give way to a relaxing commute and the sudden urge to take the scenic route everywhere you go because, dang nabbit, you're having fun out there. That's your forecast back to you. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day's a beautiful day to ride with coverage from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Get a quote today and see what you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. And into the abyss. Something was not built on a solid foundation. There's smoke billowing out. There was smoke before the fire. The tower card is a massive upheaval and shakeup of things. Now, again, it can be positive. It looks like the scariest card in the deck after the devil. But it could, I've had that where it was a surprise wedding engagement I ruined for someone. I was like, oh my God, surprise. Oh shit, surprise engagement. Whoopsie. 
you better act shocked. It's a massive, oh my gosh. But more often than not, the tower is usually not always the most positive of things, but it has to do with where are you going into a situation where you know, you already know that this is probably going to blow up in your face. Don't ignore the red flags. Um, you know, sometimes it's hubris. Yes. Right? So, like basically, yes. Yeah. It also shows up sometimes for some people if that's their card that represents them as you've got to stop being everyone's oh shit emergency handle of nine one one. You you are getting caught yeah. up in people with chaos and drama who it's you know, and here we are again. So after the tower card, what is that, sixteen comes seventeen, the star card. The star is about hope. It's about faith. It's about belief that things can, the better day can come. Something that seems so far off. Don't let it, you know, well, that's a fantasy. That's a fairy tale. Well, fairy tales are steeped in truth, be it the grim ones or the happy Disney ones. But where can you point your compass north to navigate past those tower moments? But you have to have hope and you have to have faith. If you don't have hope, there's nothing. You lost the ball game. It's done. Is it a particular star or is it just a star on your, you said North, just, you know, just to, you know, for allegory. I said that just for allegory. Um, it's usually got, I want to say seven stars that are on it in a traditional deck. Oh. Um, is it the seven sisters? And it is the pulled to that. It is pulled to that. Absolutely. Um, there's a deck that I have actually called the Universal Goddess Tarot. And it is the, um, the Celestial Seven Sisters um in the constellation so want to hear something cool about the seven mm -hmm. sisters well first of all japan subaru means the seven sisters that's why the uh the the that's why the the their symbol is the six stars in the eye but the the yeah so it's i mean it's that universal but the amazing thing is listen i don't know how people figure this out but you can't see that there are seven sisters with the naked eye no matter how good your eyesight is you can only see six but about 100,000 years ago, you could see the seventh and beyond. So all of the stuff that involves the seven sisters, like literally these stories are 100,000 years old or more, give or take, you know, a few thousand years. Um, but, you know, they, they started in, you know, you know, campfires, you know, probably before the Homo sapien out of Africa, you know, and who knows, maybe even before, maybe it goes to Homo erectus, you know, you know, they were, you know, already you know, crossing Eurasia and whatever and all over the place um, talking about it too. And we inherited the stories from our, our, our ancestors, like, you know, our literal, like, you know, ancestors. Yeah. So it's, and, and this, and never, you know, I didn't know what the seven sisters were. I was, I thought it was like the arrow that, that, that came from Orion and no, it's not the, you know. And so, you know, again, I learned things like the fool and you come upon these interesting things that, even even you didn't know that, which is because it's so part of your life. Why would why would you ask? But it's to me, it's all new. I'm like a five year old. This is so how I am still in love with tarot. Decades later, you yeah, may go, be go a tarot on. master, but if you don't consider yourself a student, I'm kind of like, and we're done here. Thank you. Good day. You always can <laughs> learn. That's what's so fascinating. There's so many systems within the system of tarot, but just how you taught me this about the star and the Subaru. 
So let's just say yeah, that so somebody came to you for a reading, Jeff, and they were saying, you know, I'm thinking about buying a car. It's between, you know, I've got two options, but I'm leaning towards one. What do you see? That's your own <laughs> lexicon. That's your own thing of you get the chariot and car and you get the star card. Oh, have you looked into Subaru? You might want to look at Safe. So that's literally how your guides would talk to you in a nuanced way that nobody's going to learn in a book or unless they listen to your podcast. <laughs> you know, that's not a quote traditional standard given meaning of that card. So that's absolutely I for one would rather they listen to my podcast than ask me for card advice. <laughs> But hey, if they do, now you know Subaru. That's brilliant. As a matter of fact, I can guarantee you that might be, you know, a thing that comes up, you know. Or if somebody's like doesn't want a Subaru, but what does Subaru represent? You know, mm-hmm. that, you know, Subaru people, you know, they are, you know, they love going on the outdoors. They want something. So it might not be specifically Subaru, but maybe drop back a little more broad. Of You want really good, solid, reliable tra- transportation that, you know, may have some bells and whistles, but this is something that you can use to, you know, haul the German shepherd and the four kids and go camping in. Well, sure. It also depends which story you believe, because the you know Taurus, the bull, you know that that could be a, stead, a sturdy big SUV. SUV but also, mm-hmm. in addition to being the bull, it's also the cart. Like it's not universally the bull. It was also the cart. So maybe you know maybe you you should become a truck driver or you know a freighter in the freight business in, in some ways. This so, is how tarot also, works. You, I'm telling you, you're on the road to being a really, really brilliant tarot reader because for me, it's the basic structure. It's like if you're building the house, you got to have a foundation. You got to float walls. You got to have the basics. But then cool. you add in things that you're not going to learn in a book. So I always tell anybody who's interested in learning tarot, yeah. Get some books, watch some uh, YouTube videos, uh, you know, check out people, see if, you know, reputable people, learn the foundation, but then throw that crap away and start filling in the blanks so that you can trust your own inner spirit, as well as the spirits that, you know, may be around you who, who help and do more of the heavy lifting and give you readings that just, you know, knock your socks off. So... For your mind, in vogue. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say the rest of that line so we can keep this PG-13, but exactly. Which actually, I have a card, Eight of Swords, both in vogue and a scene from Platoon where Keith David, who has the most, I mean, God, that man's voice, this rich baritone with gravitas voice, and where he, they're sitting around the campfire and he tells them, you know, free your mind, you're follow eight of swords very much mental block but um so we've got the star hope and aspiration because even when the clouds are there the stars are there even if you can't see them so holding on to hope and and navigating sometimes it literally is stars navigating forward sometimes for me stars is ancestors points of light some some traditions believe that the stars are the ancestors who are no longer in the physical, but still giving us guidance. So we've got now numbers, star, moon, sun. We've got the moon, number 18. And the moon gets a bad rep in older books. So the moon card has to do with things that are hidden, unknown. Also the dreamscape, a nod back to 
the high priestess. And she sat there in blue and white before a temple with the pillars. And I'm not familiar, not well-versed in um, Kabbalah, but she has Boaz and Hakim on her pillars and she has a crescent moon. So it's again, a nod to the divine feminine more so. Mm -hmm. That crescent moon and water. Well, the moon is in, in the tarot is some cards, it's a full moon, some that looks almost like an eclipse. And it's in front of a body of water. Sometimes it's the ocean, sometimes it's a river. And there are two animals. One is a wolf, one is a more domesticated dog. So it's balancing of emotions so that wild side doesn't get too wild. But the moon has to do with the dreamscape, emotional. Now, let's go back to how old tarot is in contrast to, eh, let's just, let's for SMG start with um, the 70s in terms of feminine empowerment. The t basic tarot, the Rider Waite Smith, the quintessential, so to say, gold standard of tarot. Those pictures were painted of, based on imagery in specifically, not just England, but in Cornwall. And they were painted by a woman. Now, this was in the 1800s. So, so it's not Gwyneth. Hmm? So it's not, well, it's not some of it was very near to Boss Castle and uh, where they say the, the Arthurian myths, legends, myths, truth, <laughs> if you dare. Um, right. The moon, especially if you're coming from Celtic mythology, is more associated with the divine feminine. So the moon, woman's moon cycle, menstrual cycle has to do with more feminine and the moon has to do with lunacy. Oh my God, she's hysterical because her ovaries have made her just a crazy hysterical woman. <laughs> so the moon card in most traditional books gets a very negative connotation. Do you think the werewolf is really just a spin on that same idea? I think there's a hell of a lot there with that. I think that that's, there's a, yes, I think that there's a very strong, if not rock solid, well, yep. Like at some point when the, the serpent went from sort of like the Eastern tradition to mm -hmm. what we call the Western tradition, but really, you know, is, is way beyond that. Um, and I think it's around the same time we went from being hunters, gatherers to sort of be more like farming agrarian and then sort of sedentary and the men didn't have things to do during the day to hunt and roam around for three or four days at a time and they decided they need to take control i think right around then the serpent turned into the bad guy which was became synonymous with the woman i, th I think that's right around when the woman became the, the boogie yep. and what's interesting back to the lover's card that you mentioned excuse me in a traditional depiction there's a man and a woman stood naked in a garden with an angel above them and the woman let me look through to make sure. But on one side, there is, yep, on the side where the woman is, there is a serpent with what appears to be an apple tree. So, you know, that imagery in different religions, and like you said, you know, 
with time and Christianity of now the serpent is evil. Well, especially if you're in voodoo, serpents are not evil. They feel vibrations. They can detect things in ways that don't make sense to the way that humans uh, are, are set up in order to perceive information, be it, you know, sight, sound, smell, temperature. Serpents are very good at that. But of course, the serpent was vilified as the evil, you know, entity. So I think that there's definitely what you're saying about the werewolf and, you know, women. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, lunacy, lunatic, hysteria, mm -hmm. emotional instability. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that trying to name your bike. Hmm, how about the Crusher? I guess it's not really crushing anything. The Silver Bolt? No. Oh, oh, what about Pepper? Mysterious. Is it a pet or a condiment? Surprise! It's a motorcycle. Uh, no, that's stupid. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. We're a body, and we call that a body block. Take the fourth week off, and then start again. Choose a new body block each month. Have fun. Avoid burnout. Reach your goals. That you're not going to quit on yourself today. You win? Start a body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Now, can those things be represented if you're reading somebody? Yeah, they definitely can. They exist. But for the sure. majority of uh, books, I'd say, honestly, before the 19, probably 90s books, you're going to see that the moon card is heavily slanted towards something very negative, whether you read upright or reversal. But what else does the moon mean? Romance. Nighttime, sometimes it literally, again, a cigar sometimes is just a cigar. Sometimes the moon comes up, oh, you work third shift or you work night or you're moonlighting. Go out on a romantic dinner, getting in touch with the depths of your feelings and emotions, not hiding from your emotions, handling them in, in a proper way before they take control and they're handling you. Um, Honestly, the moon comes up big time. I live in the Crescent City. So things will be much more intensified or specific based on what's going on in the reading. If somebody gets the moon card, it's like, oh, you are having way more intense dreams. You're having psychic things. Um, you know, we might need to talk about some spiritual cleansing you might need to do because you were wide open um, perceiving energy. The moon card can have to do with I don't like to get into health readings there. As I tell people, there are no letters behind my name. I cannot diagnose anyone with anything, but yeah, it definitely can come up as, you know, say you've got the moon and say moon, let's go two of pentacles, um, temperance. Um, give me a second here. Sure. Take your time. And tower. There are no letters behind my name. You may be dealing with somebody who is bipolar. Oh, interesting. Um, that that specific combination came up a couple of. It's come up a, a couple of times, but 
I'd say maybe two or three weeks ago, and the person was talking about their child, and they said, yes, they have just been recently diagnosed with that. Um, so the moon definitely can be a nod to emotional disturbance or unrest. It can have to do with, you know, like I say, if people come in for health readings, I give them that standard disclaimer every time because it's true. Right. Um, but I will say, you know, how's your monthly cycle? Keeping track of your monthly cycle or when's the last time you had a GYN appointment? Might be time to go in and get things checked out. So, um, you know, people who are getting pregnant, start tracking your period, start paying attention to, to that and work with, you know, a, a gynecologist or an OBGYN. Um, well, tides also, is that, does that play into it? Can tide, can absolutely. the other, uh, it's time to travel, it's not time to travel, it's beware you're in deep waters, it's safe you're in shallow waters. I mean, is is, is, is there anything that literal? Oh, or yeah, absolutely. It could really- totally be that. You know, if somebody is, you know, hey, I'm thinking about going out this weekend and say, I don't know, we've got King of Cups or Knight of Cups maybe and the moon, um, you know, are you going out at, at night on the boat? Watch the tides. Make sure the tides so that you're planning the best time to, you know, when the fish are more active or, um, you know, with the star, make sure that you navigate, you know, especially if you're traveling at night, you know, make sure that you have your navigation uh, properly done beforehand, your, your instruments read properly on your boat before you go out at night. So it can definitely be a pull to the tide or it can be, you know, maybe go out for a romantic dinner or a vacation near the ocean, you know, um, let's just say, I don't know, the world, the moon, and I know somebody's going on vacation, um, a romantic dinner. Are you guys going by the ocean? Are you, gonna, you guys going to be by a lake? You know, if it's going to be an Orisha, it would be Yamaya. If it's a Lawa, it would be La Siren. Deep self-reflection, diving deep to look at your own psyche. I love all those words and names that you pull out. <laughs> That's just great. That I, I, I'm always so envious of people who can pull out like the actual names of of different deities or spirits or djinn. You were so knowledgeable about so many things, Jeff. Till yeah, you I I could learn. I I have learned from you a lot from you already. Um, and yeah, but that's because I'm jealous. Because I'm small and petty, and I'm jealous <laughs> of everyone else. So I, this this whole show is my exercise in in the laziest way to learn things is to pretend you have a show and have people teach you things and let other people listen. <laughs> I, I I got that. I got that. But you are such a delightful and enjoyable person to converse with and ah. to share with, and uh, yeah, so it's a joy. Yeah, ma. Yeah, ma. Listen up. See what you said. <laughs> So the next card is the sun and the sun card has to do with healing. Sometimes it is what it is. The sun. Oh, you going to Florida? I mean, that literally happens quite often. Oh, you're from Florida. You're, you're moving to Florida. Maybe you should travel to Florida, the sunshine state. Um, sun card has to do with things that are bright and healing. You are a witch because my mother lives in ah! Florida. <laughs> Sometimes, as I say, there's no coincidence when you're into this kind of stuff. Incidents coinciding, but no coincidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the, the sun card can also mean someone who is 
overly, you know, like narcissistic. They have to be in the spotlight. They have to shine brighter, you know. You know, they're good with standing in everybody else's light, but you better not block theirs. Um, it's people who are, um, again, can be bold, dynamic, um, outgoing. Sometimes they're overbearing and too much. It's like, oh, God. The next card would be, so we at? Stars, Moon, Sun is 19. Judgment. So the judgment card, it is a straight up depiction of revelations, baby. It oh, yeah. is people, there are these watery graves or floating caskets with people who appear to be very healthy looking up and oftentimes their arms are stretched upward. And there is a massive angel. Now, there are several angels in the tarot. Um, depending upon what else is around, will kind of give me a nod to who we're looking at. Mm. Um, in and of itself, this card for me is Archangel Gabrielle. She's more about, well, anytime she blew her trumpet, it was like, yo, heads up. <laughs> Big news, folks. <laughs> it's going down. Um, be it the birth of Christ or, you know, whatever. So it's this massive angel that's stood over floating over these people. So the judgment card is about cannot stay the same shit or get off of the pot friends. The final call who has that as their Jehovah's witness, I think, or somebody, some, some religious group that has, you know, that's one of their publications, the final call revelation. Oh, I think you're right. I think it is the Jehovah's Witnesses. So it is, you need to get your act together because change is it's coming. It might be the Mormons. One, one, of, one, of, one uh, of those groups. One of my friends and frequent guests, he's going to be a six-time guest, is, is a former Mormon uh, minister. So I, if I think of it, ah, I'll remember ask that. Ask him. Ask him. I, I learned about Moroni, one of the people who works, uh, one of my friends authentica who is now a voodoo practitioner uh who grew up in in salt lake city and yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah pre previous known known angel that showed up in the bathroom in upstate new york <laughs> exactly so, yeah. like there's whoo, that was that still kind of flips my wig when she explains some of their and it worked and there's millions of people and who follow it so listen it worked Crazy all, like a all I'm saying is my idea of your counterclockwise clockwise reading of the wheel of fortune thing you know if if you know, I slipped in my bathtub in a hotel in upstate New York and saw an angel that's not named anywhere else. That worked. Why, why can't this? Why, why can't it? Back to the Hierophant. Nice. Strict order, chain of command with bureaucracy involved. So with the judgment card, it's, it's literally my TikTok Captain Hook. Like, you need to make mm -hmm. adjustments and changes while you can. Because for me as a reader, that card is very much, it's like your guides and your angels or spirits or whatever is around you is like, we can only do so much because humans have free will, but we're about to make some things decidedly unpleasant. Wake up. This cannot continue. And sometimes that means somebody hit the glass ceiling at their job. Mm -hmm. And it's time for them to like, it's, it's promotion. Um, 
sometimes with the judgment card, it's, it's for me, it's use your best judgment. Don't get caught up in judgment of your, of others. Don't get caught up in being overly judgmental of yourself, but use your best judgment of where do changes have to occur for my growth and my ascension. And then the world card, the culmination of it all, tie it in a bow. It is how it's the wrap up. It's looking back, what major lessons have I learned that have gotten me to this point as I now step forward into a whole new experience or a new um, evolution of my own personal growth and self-awareness. What things can come with me? You know, there's a a brilliant, brilliant rapper who unfortunately died far too soon out of Los Angeles, uh, Nipsey Hussle. And one of his lines is, circle got smaller, everybody can go. Where do you need to start making your circle smaller as you go into this new expansion, this new universe that you're of your own personal existence? Where do you need to set some boundaries? It's also the world card. So again, a nod to travel or, or international dealings. So maybe it's not your traveling. Maybe there's going to be international business or a contact who is international that can, can you know, play a part in something. So there's the, in and help, I'm in a nutshell. There's the nutshell of the, that's a that was a great nutshell. I think that I think we cracked a lot of we walnuts. We did in, with in some this. pecans and some macadamians. Mm-hmm. Now, now remember when we were talking earlier when you still weren't sure about me and all that, and you said I don't know if I can go for more than forty five minutes or an hour. Well, we've been going almost ninety minutes, so I want to be respectful of your time because I know that you didn't want to go much past an hour, but you've been on a roll. Um, you are so right. I don't know how in full transparency, you are a hundred percent accurate in everything that you said. I got. I guess we got lucky. Um, an appointment that was supposed to be set in stone got canceled, which opened up um, a lot more time. And this has just been so, I mean, Mambo Brandy said so many, you know, wonderful things about you. And this has just been a really, it just, everything just flowed organically and, you know, it, it just yeah. This is great. great. If I ever need to flee the, the state, I know where I'm going. Um, and even your cat, you know, got really interested and got really quiet. Be careful so that, what that's you name amazing. Pet, so, what did you name the pet? Let, let's well, see yeah, that well, this we will be this will be a, a, a cute little you know segue to closure. Um, I have, as a practitioner, and I'm sure you know Brandy went over like voodoo is a whole lot of a lot. So um, it's a large umbrella term for many different spiritual practices and religions. So I practice Mm -hmm. what for the the easiest way to explain it is Santeria. And I have a godmother in that religion. I also practice New Orleans voodoo and I also practice um, Haitian voodoo. And I have two godparents in that. And I was at my godmother's house in Santeria, Lukumi. And I had gone over to her when I was, it was something really unpleasant had happened. Somebody broke into my car and stole a bunch of stuff and some things that were important to no one. 
but me, you know, but my, my deceased parents' driver's license. Nobody needs that. Nobody can use that. It was super special to me. So anyway, I go over to my godmother and I'm like, me and my girlfriend, we went through tracing all through the Treme at night, um, going through garbage cans to find this trail of some of my stuff that had been thrown away. And I found some of it. But there was some other stuff that I really kind of wanted and needed to find. So I went over to my godmother and she was like, you need to talk to Eshu. Eshu is an aspect, uh, he's one of the Orisha who is intertwined with Ilegua. Ilegua is the keeper of the crossroads in Santeria, also known as Lukumi. And you keep Eshu, you keep Ilegua inside your house by the door and he watches and you keep Eshu outside because Eshu cannot be tamed. Eshu is the guy who kind of is, you know, lives under the bridge, but he sees what's coming and going. He loves to joke and have fun, but he can get a little rowdy and, and, and can't really, you know, fit into domestic confines. Well, we went to Eshu because the spirit, Eshu, because so many of my things we were finding in freaking garbage cans all through the Treme. And we're walking up and down streets, Eshu and Ilegua, roads, pathways, streets, direction, opening things, closing things, answers. And I left her house, and this is the only time that I ever worked with Eshu specifically, and I left her house, and there's this wooden fence alongside her apartment, and this tuxedo cat jumps up on the fence with this, like, a damn banshee mewling, like, I was like, oh my god, I have never heard a cat so loud. She was like, oh my god, this cat, he is so sweet, but he drives us nuts. He literally keeps us awake at night. I'm like, what? She's like, well, you hear how loud he is. She goes, he can get louder, loud enough that my bedroom on the opposite side of the house, this cat can wake me up. And this is a woman who lived in New Jersey. She lived in, you know, um, Philly. She lived in, like, she lived in big cities. She's like, oh, my God. He's like, you know, louder than a siren. So I was like, oh, how cute, how sweet. Hi, handsome boy. So he's walking along with me, and I get to my car, which is parked at an intersection. And I'm like, you are so handsome. You're just as charming as Brett Butler. My goodness, you are just. So I'm just, you know, ooh, 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 and have a cute kitty. So I open up my car door. This cat jumps into my car, sits on the passenger seat like kitty corner, no pun intended, but pun appropriate, looking at me with most calm, like in kitten loaf position, like that completely, I know there's no threat of danger. I am comfortably, you know, seated on my throne. Like he's looking at me like, yes, you know, onward Jeeves, home. Like what the freak? <sighs> kind of, what, what are you waiting for? Car and drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Shut up and drive. Um, right. Yeah, so I ended up with, and that's oftentimes pets, choose you more than you choose pets. And I really find that honestly with spirits, they, the spirits, you know, people, I've never known anybody who gets into voodoo and says, Oh, I'm God, I'm going to practice voodoo or I'm, you know, or I'm going to practice Norse mythology because it's the cool thing. Like get out of here. And I've seen it go very badly for people who choose to do this when there's not a calling, but these spirits call you. Well, this pet called me and five years later I have, a tuxedo who is finally quietly seated here, but Eshu is the loud mouth 
crazy guy from the streets that you cannot domesticate. So it's interesting, the power of names. I was talking to my godmother a couple, like a month or two ago, and she's like, don't forget where you found him. Okay, so he might like all the confines of the, you know, his own cushion at home and his own special food and a water fountain for him. But he's still a dude from the streets because he kept wanting to get out. And still a while. Yeah, so I have changed his name and started calling him Xavier, which the Mm. first time I called him that, he answered to it and responded to it immediately. And very interestingly, we do not have as many escape artist attempts like almost none. Wow. So yeah, his real name is Eshu, AKA Shushu. But now the name that we call him is Xavier. <laughs> Maybe you should change his name to Couch Sleeper. Couch Sleeper. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Quiet, docile Couch Sleeper. It's pretty much my name, Couch Sleeper. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, leave this to you. Listen, I think that we've gone an hour and 35 minutes. I think that's, we, we should wrap it up, but I would, you know, if there's more to talk about, I would absolutely invite you for show number two. I would absolutely invite you if you want to talk about Santorini or anything else. And that goes for Mambo Bambi and, and, and you know, Grandy, I'm sorry, not Bambi, Jesus. Um, and, uh, you know, anyone else there, because all three of you have been just delightful and helpful. And, and all three of you said nice things about me, which is really all it takes. Um, but I do have one, it's almost a statement, but I, but I'm going to you know put it in the you know imagine a question mark there because I think I already know the answers. But one, do you have to be involved with magic to read tarot? B, do you have to be involved in voodoo to read tarot? Um, or can sort of anyone do it without being you know involved deeply with magic and you know or, or even particularly spiritual? Or do you, do you need at least some level of connection to spirituality or some type of um i'm sure it needs to be some training but you know you can you can do training by watching youtube videos or you know whatever the case might be so i I know that's a bunch of sort of big questions in a long meandering paragraph but hopefully if you can sort of answer i mean i think i can i got add my brain goes around the world hell my brain went first to i love how he said one and b because i usually say a and two so okay (laughs) um one was one do you have to be magically inclined in order to read tarot okay um no you don't i know atheists who read tarot it's this collective and that's you know part of why carl Jung was so invested in it and so gifted at it was the collective is it conscious or the collective unconscious collective conscious yeah, I think calls a I think calls a collective Thank consciousness. Thank you. But collective I think, consciousness. But I think, he, but I think he really means it's so subconscious, but it's so pervasive. It it becomes a consciousness. Thank you. See, thank you. I love it. You're helping to differentiate because I'm like, wait, which one is it? How do I separate? And I could never remember, you know, id, ego, super ego, all of those breakdowns. Um, oh, neither can but I. Thank you for for explaining that. So yeah, the collective like, unconscious. The devil, I want to say full id, but I'm not even sure that's right. <laughs> The collective unconscious that is one big consciousness, like you said, that's yeah. Um, so mm. this the, the archetypes that whether you believe in any kind of religion or spiritual practice, the empress can still represent motherhood, matriarchal things, and creativity. She can also represent Yamaya, 
or, you know, Hera. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter the, the, the structure of tarot. And because there's so many different, I mean, you can break it down to Kabbalah. You can break it down to color representations, numerology, astrology. Like you can go so many different, there's so many freaking rabbit holes with understanding um, and, and breaking down tarot. So you definitely do not have to be either religious nor spiritual in order to practice tarot, I would say you just have to be open-minded and it is highly advised to have some foundation and some structure and then to kind of put that to the side and learn how to tap into your own intuition, your own, like the Subaru cannot get a better example of how tarot works. You're going to have your own vernacular and lexicon that's going to come that's only going to be specific to you. But you have to kind of also have that basic framework to start with. You can't be married to your perspective. It becomes too rigid, too dogmatic, and you will miss so many things if not get things completely wrong. So that, that's our Pope again. That's the Pope. Too dogmatic, right, too good. structured, too, and then, you know, the whole thing starts falling apart. Right, my retirement plan is to become a Tarot reader. That, that, that's, that's definitely it. Um, <laughs> Start and, saving and now. <laughs> Make sure you have a good yeah, business no, person to... and a good business plan. <laughs> I have neither. So uh, I'll just stick to my regular day job yeah. until they kick me out and then, and then figure things out from there. Hopefully social security will still exist. Um, can't thank you enough. As I said, open invitation. Thank Certainly you. don't have to accept. Thank you. No, let's definitely let's, let's <laughs> keep in touch. It's, it's, it's on the air. It's on record. Let's keep in touch right. and, and talk about, you know, perhaps doing another, another, uh, on something, you know, different or, you know, ghosts in New Orleans or whatever, you know, tarot cards. I would love to do the ghosts of New Orleans. I understand you do the ghost tour. That would be amazing. Oh, rock and roll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can, well, we can do that. And, you know, but but I'm going to hold it until uh, Halloween month. Ooh. Oh, God, yeah. We will have to um, put that in the can early because the only thing second to the insanity of madness in New Orleans of Mardi Gras is Halloween. It's a season at this point. No, no worries. We, we, we could do, I mean, we're not going to, but we could do it tomorrow and I can hold it. I I've had my, my St. Patrick's day show recorded for a long time. Yeah. With the guy from Celtic tales. And, and uh, I hope people can understand his thick Irish accent. He's authentic. I, <laughs> that's my only worry, but, but, uh, but I got the real deal for that. And I have the real deal here. So I can't thank you enough. Thanks for coming You're on the show. Um, thank you. Good luck to everyone at Voodoo Authentica. Love that place. I, I Next time in New Orleans, I'm definitely going to come check it out, either on my own or with the crowd. And uh, yeah, Yeah, I definitely will. Like, I'd be an idiot not to. Um, so thanks for coming in. Everyone, thanks for listening to Garden of Doom. And please check us out next week. Don't forget, give us a rating, write a review, five stars, you know, if you can. But more important than, than anything like that, share with your friends. The, the, you know, the, the name is a little bit weird. I know that. Um, but, but the show isn't, the show has a lot of really interesting stuff and a lot of really interesting guests like Mamzelle Camille. So check it out and we will hear from you next week in the garden of doom. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. It's time to redefine success. Meet body. 
fun workouts, and a week off. Healthy eating and indulgence. Liking yourself no matter what. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that thinking about helmets with faces on them. I should get a new helmet. Ooh, maybe I'll get one of those ones that looks like a face with painted teeth and eyebrows, you know? Oh, that always looks so cool. People are like, whoa, is that a person with two faces? Oh, no, it's a helmet. And one face. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.